Welcome to this week's Connex. Uh, this week we have Steve Ford from Garney, and uh, I've known Steve for quite some time, and uh, he was uh, generous enough to give us a little bit of his time today so we could, uh, uh, you know, ask him some questions and, and kind of go through what we typically go through. And uh, uh, Steve, rather than me introduce you, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Garney? Okay. Well, like Scott said, my name is Steve Ford. I am a regional vice president with Garney Construction. Uh, the official name of the company is Garney Companies Incorporated, but uh, we just go by Garney Construction. Um, Garney is a 100% employee-owned company, uh, largely a self-performing contractor. In other words, we're <clears throat> we self-perform most of the work on the projects that we undertake, and we have operations coast to coast. Um, I didn't think that I would live long enough to see us have an office in California, but but we do, so we, <laughs> we operate coast to coast. Um, our core, the core focus of the company is, is water and wastewater infrastructure. So any, anything water and wastewater related from pump stations, treatment plants, storage tanks, pipelines, anything water and wastewater related. And we do both new, new construction uh, and rehabilitation uh, of existing water and wastewater systems. Garney has uh, been around for a while. It started in uh, 1961 by Charles Garney. I started with Garney in 1979 and right, right out of college and traveled around quite a bit with Garney from Missouri to Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Maryland, Virginia, and then finally ended up in, uh, in Tennessee. And uh, over my career, I've actually opened four different regional offices for, for Garney, the first in Austin, Texas, the second in Sterling, Virginia, the third one in Nashville, Tennessee, and then actually re opened an uh, office again up in Northern Virginia and Chantilly, Virginia. What, uh, Steve, how did you kind of come, you know, kind of back up, you know, where'd you grow up and, you know, uh, kind of walk me through how you came from where you were to where you, you know, where you are today? Well, I don't want to bore you with too many details. Uh, I was actually uh, born in Nigeria, Africa. My mom and dad were uh, missionaries in, in Nigeria. They, the interesting thing about that story is they went over to Nigeria as single missionaries and actually met in Nigeria and got married. And So I was born in Ogbomashaw, Nigeria, and lived the first eight years of my childhood there. Uh, before moving back to the States uh, for good in, in 1965. I, I consider Missouri, uh, my mom is from Missouri, and I consider that Jackson, Missouri, my hometown. And my senior year in high school, I, I thought I wanted to be an architect, but I couldn't afford to go to the only architect school in Missouri, which was uh, a private school. And so I figured civil engineering was the next best thing to it. And so I got a degree in, in civil engineering at what was at the time known as uh, University of Missouri-Rolla, previously known as Missouri School of Mines and Metallurgy. 
mm-hmm. and now known as uh, Missouri University of Science and Technology. So that that's where I got my civil engineering civil engineering degree in 1979. And and that year, Garney came to Rolla uh, to recruit. I, I joke with everybody because I think that's the on, only year they came to Rolla to recruit. Uh, I figure they figured, well, if if the best they can do is Steve Ford, we, we don't need to go back there again. <laughs> so, uh, so, so then you went, came to Garney. When did you start at Garney? Well, I started with Garney originally right out of college in 1979 and spent 13 years with them that first, uh, that first stint. And then actually when I moved from, uh, when my wife and I moved from the Washington DC area or Northern Virginia area to Nashville, I actually left Garney for, for a while, uh, when I first moved to, to Nashville and, uh, went, went to work for a company here in Nashville called WL Haley and company. And, um, and then I went back to work for Garney in 2003 and opened the uh, regional office here in Nashville for Garney. Yeah, and that's a that's one uh, I actually had the the pleasure of meeting you, and uh, I know because you were we you know you guys were actively recruiting up at Eastern Kentucky, and uh, um, so uh, so that's that's interesting that you uh were, you know you were born in Nigeria. I didn't know that at all. I never honestly, I never would have guessed it. I thought you grew up in the backwoods of Tennessee. <laughs> well, I sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! So um, so what? So the core focus of Garney is anything water related? Yes, water, clean, we we call it clean water and dirty water. So yeah, uh, wa- anything water related. That that's our primary focus and certainly our core core business. Now, what I think is interesting about Garney is that uh, I've had the pleasure over the last, uh, gosh, man, I've known you for about twelve, thirteen years now. Um, seeing Garney from going twelve, thirteen years ago to to this to this today, as you said, from coast to coast. Um, when I first met you, I thought, oh, you know, this is like a a small to a mid-sized company. You know, that was my perception. And then I have we've had several I had several students that graduated, move on, and friends move on and go work at Garney. And you guys have had an explosion in growth over the last say ten years. That's true. Uh, at the same time, I would say this that. Uh, that your perception of us being a small company, uh, we, you know, Garney is obviously a whole lot bigger company today than they were when I went to work for Garney in 79. But I, I like to say that we are a huge company with a small company culture. Mm-hmm. And so in, in, in a lot of ways, we, we don't mind the fact that people's perception is that we're a small company. Uh, I, I just think that's the culture of the company is, as it relates to internal relationships. But yes, you're right. I mean, the company has grown leaps and bounds. And, and I think that's what's unique about you guys too, is because you you kind of get that feel, and at least I, I get that feel because when I do deal with I do, there's a lot of there's a lot of relationships there, you know, and it's not. Yeah. It's not like, hey, call our corporate office, you know, it's a relationship. So um, so what significant event do you think 
has shaped the business model that you have today? Well, I think uh, two or three things that, that come to mind. Um, you know, I actually, when I, when I look back on my extensive uh, tenure and experience with Garney, I think that that market downturns and recessions have uh, have really shaped our business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when Garney even originally hired me in '79, Charles Garney had made the decision the market in Kansas City had taken a significantly huge downturn and decided that we needed to look outside Kansas City and. So they started hiring young uh, engineers um, or young kids right out of school so they could pair them up with superintendents and send them on out-of-town jobs. And and I think that uh, business model of Garney being willing to go where the work is and where the opportunities are uh, has really shaped uh, shaped our, our business model. The other two things I, I would attribute uh, really to, to Charles Garney himself, um, and, and that is our core values, what, what we refer to as our goals and philosophies, which for us are more than just words on a paper. I mean, it's, it's how we operate. It's the words we live by, and Charles Garney gets the credit for developing those core values. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, Charles Garney's decision to uh, sell the company to the employees uh, was it was a hugely uh, significant event uh, that's helped shape our business model. And, and, and what I, I go ahead. What I was going to say is that, um, you know, you guys were my first introduction to kind of understanding how an ESOP kind of works. And I I've you know, uh, just talking with people who have gone on and worked for Garney and just seeing how it, it, it you know, how it's worked. And uh, you guys are a pretty good model of how an ESOP, you know, should work, I should say. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I do think that, uh, you know, I do think that, you know, the, you know forming an ESOP and, and having an employee-owned company does not guarantee success. I, I think it has to go hand in hand with having, you know, good, strong core values and, and a good business plan. But certainly, um, that was a game changer for us. And you know, Charles started selling the company in in 1986, and then the company became 100 percent employee owned in 1995. And ever since 1995, when we became 100 percent employee owned. You know the 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 success of the company has has been nothing but but uphill, and you know the employee ownership does two things. It, it provides uh, a real incentive and drive uh, for people to perform because they have uh, a stake in, in the game, and, and the other is uh, it, it creates peer pressure. Uh, you know. If, you, you you expect everybody that's working side by side with you to be pulling the rope just as hard as you are, uh, because we're all employee owners. And, and that's that that's what I think is really interesting is, uh, you know, I've seen it in the different where management only only owns a, you know the company, and then when everybody owns a company, and the fact that the guy down in the hole owns part of the company is 
pretty significant, you know, or at least that's that's what I've been told by the people that that work for you guys. It's it's hugely significant, and you know there there are companies that say say they're a hundred percent employee owned, and and for some that means that a hundred percent of the stock is owned by employees, but. As you mentioned with us, it means more than that. Uh, we're 100% employee owned, so not only is 100% of the stock owned by employees, but 100% of the employees uh, participate, including our laborers, operators, carpenters, iron workers. Everybody uh, is part owner of the company. So, how is Garney today preparing for the future? Well, that's, uh, you know, I, I think uh, most people, you know, we, we do have, uh, we're, we're in sort of an interesting time at Garney right now um, in, in that probably over the next five years, uh, we're going to have some real senior officers um, retire uh, from Garney. And, and so, you know, we're in the process of, of going through, you know, really a lot of transition planning. Uh, I think that, you know, I've always been a firm believer um, that, that you constantly hire and recruit, hire and retain top-notch talent. I, I, I'm a firm believer that that's the best way to always prepare for the future. And, you know, one of our core, I talked a while ago about our core goals and philosophies. One of them is to allow every employee owner to achieve their full potential. And, and we practice that uh, like nowhere I, I've ever worked before. And so, you know, there's a lot of talk out there, of course, uh, about the next recession. And, you know, I've been around long enough to know that uh, there there will be another recession. It's just a matter of when. And so... You know, we, you know, we, we just, you know, we're in this transition phase, uh, you know, making sure we can identify the, the, the future, um, prepare and identify the future leaders, including CEO, uh, president and COOs of the company over the next five years as we go through this transition. And I think, you know, we, we're pretty Set on you know identifying internal candidates. We we've always had best success promoting from within. Uh, Garney is a very very different type company, and so we don't necessarily believe in going outside and trying to fill those positions. So there there's a lot of work going on right now preparing for that. So um, you know you you mentioned you know your you every company has transitions, you know, is, do you guys have a specific five or 10 year plan that you guys have put together? Um, well, um, you know, our, our, you know, we do have, uh, we do have, uh, five year and 10 year plans, uh, financial plans. And, and we, you know, we, uh, I'm going to sit here and say that uh, bigger is not necessarily better, um, even though we are a huge company. Uh, again, I think it goes back to the hiring and retaining top-notch talent. If you do that, you're going to grow. And so we do have, you know, we, we do want to grow. We, we, we know, you know, we want to get a, a, a good return 
for the stakeholders on their their Garney stock and their Garney ESOP accounts. And so to achieve that, we know we have to grow earnings and, and we, we have to grow resources. Um, but but steady, you know, steady long-term growth is what we're looking for. I, I do think that, um, you know, we're probably better, we've gotten better over the last two or three years about, you know, identify or, you know, really strategically thinking about what the corporate structure should look like and who can fill different positions. Uh, I, I think we, you know, here maybe two or three years ago, we, we kind of woke up and said, oh, oh crap, you know, if uh, if Mike Heitman, our CEO, is going to retire in five years, we we better figure out real quickly <laughs> who, who's going to replace him. So, but I think we have some processes in place now that are that are a lot better as far as making sure that's a continuous process. Well, one one thing I had to say that I kind of stole from you guys uh, from my own business is um, the uh, the concept of controlled growth. You know, and yeah. although I've said you guys have exploded, uh, truly you've done it in a methodical manner. At least, once again, my perception of it, um, the way you guys have gone about things, uh, a great great example is that huge job. And I don't know if it's done or not, but that huge job you guys had in Texas. And yes, uh, the, the yeah. way you went about that, you know, talking with, uh, you know, uh, individuals that, that kind of know uh, how you guys protected your company and how you just went about it in general, um, just shows the thought process that kind of goes into that. And uh, everyone wants to grow, but control growth is a hard thing. And just, you know, and uh, it seems like you guys have a good handle on that. Well, I think historically we, we've always been, you know, we, we have plans uh, to grow, but we also um, are relatively opportunistic. And I think that, that job in, in uh, that project in Texas, um, I mean, it took, it took, you know, that, that project was years in the development and, you know, on the other hand, to a certain extent, we were in the right place at the right time. So, but, but you're right. I mean, it was a very, very methodical, well thought out uh, process we went through um, in, in, in kind of landing that job and getting it under contract. And it's, I think most of it, you know, it's not totally sold, uh, but I think most of the work, if not all the work, is uh, has been completed, uh, other than maybe some startup operations. So it, we've we 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 had some good good field performance on that job. So uh, just personally, what what skills you know? Because we have some, you know, our our audience is is made up of people who are executives with companies but it's also made up of young people you know that have that desire so I always like to go back and look at you know somebody who's who is an executive within the construction arena and ask them what skills and ability have you brought to the table to help uh, your business well and let me let me say this too on the on the plan for growth I mean one, one of the things that uh, you know, we, we think is, we, we look at all the time is diversification and we, you know, some would argue we're a very specialized company and we are, uh, but, but we, you know, we, we do look at diversification, everything from the type of work, geographic diversification, customer base, uh, 
uh, and even procurement method, uh, we, we really made some inroads on collaborative delivery. Uh, as far as personal skills, um, I, I think that, um, I mean, con construction uh, takes a lot of common sense. I, I, I think I have excellent common sense. I, I think that's something that's that's very important. Uh, I am very detail-oriented, yet at the same time can see the big picture, but I think that detail-oriented nature may come from my engineering background. One of, um, I think over the years, one of my um, greatest strengths is I, I believe I'm a strong team builder. Mm -hmm. And I can relate, you know, I can, when I say that, I'm talking about, you know, not rah, rah, go out and do a tug of war together. I'm talking about actually hiring and building a team. You know, construction is a very teamwork oriented business. And, um, you know, there, there's no project can built, be built by one person. And so I, I think one of my greatest strengths has always been my ability to hire good people, uh, even hire people that are better than me and, and build, build a team. Um, and then I also think I have a strong work acquisition aptitude. I, I think that one of the things that, that we find and everybody finds in construction is you're constantly building yourself out of work. And so, you know, being able to acquire new work is important. And I do think that I have a good aptitude for work acquisition. And, and you know what, that right there, um, and I've heard that same, you know, common thread amongst people that we've got had on the podcast, the ability to go out there and sell work and, and get, you know, and, and figure that out is a hard, is a very hard piece that a lot of times we don't give it the proper credit, you know? Um, sure. so, uh, sure. We, we talk about the technical aspects, but you know, selling work, we don't really talk about too much, but, um, um, in your life personally, uh, you know, excuse me, professionally or personally, what do you think has been your biggest successes and your biggest failures? Well, <clears throat> I think biggest failures, um, when I look back, I think biggest failures I've had in my career have been related to misplaced trust. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, spending a lot of time recruiting and hiring people is important and you do your best on the front end. Uh, I, I, by nature, am, am a very trusting person. And I, I think sometimes when you get the wrong person in the wrong position or, or, or that, that misplaced trust, uh, can, can, can bury you. And so, you know, maybe the term, uh, trust, but verify, uh, I, I think that, that if I, when I look back on my career and look at where I've stubbed my toe, it, it normally is related to just misplaced trust. And that's the, the old Ronald Reagan thing, trust, but verify, huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> What about successes wise? You, you know, I think it's kind of funny too, and I'll just insert this is that, um, is that when I ask that question, normally people always jump to failures first. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I, I, I think, I think one of the reasons for that is that, uh, you know, uh, us as 
you know, anybody who's been had some type of success in their life realizes that that failure is an integral part of being successful. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And to that end, I mean, you know, it's, it's still somewhat related. I, I think that some of my biggest successes have just been hiring some damn good people, uh, including my replacements. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be around here forever. And I, I think that some of my biggest successes have been hiring, you know, people that can carry the baton on. I, I think that, uh, you know, opening the office uh, here in Nashville and then reopening the office up in the mid-Atlantic area uh, I would consider big successes, but, but it all goes back to people and, and hiring, the, hiring the right people. So what do you think the future uh, of Garney is? Well, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, when I graduated from college in 79, I had 17 job offers, and my offer from Garney was not the highest financial offer but I honestly believe that that Garney offered the greatest opportunity for professional growth and development. And understand that at that time, Garney was not employee-owned. Charles Garney owned the whole thing, but I, I just had a good feeling about the company. So I, I think the future of Garney really boils down to tremendous opportunities. I, I think the employee ownership business model really is the ideal business model. and I also think we're in a good industry and, and not that, you know, we may not diversify at some point, but the water and wastewater industry is, is just a good industry to, to be in. I mean, when people turn on their tap in their kitchen, they want water to come out. And when they go in the bathroom, they flush the toilet. They want the water to go the opposite direction. So <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think we're in a, we're in a good industry. Well, yeah, and it's it's one of those things. My my father in law was a well driller, and uh, he used to, you know, say all the time that no one no one was ever concerned about water until they didn't have it. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Hey, no which doubt. I know you guys you guys know inside now, you know. So, so well, uh, and yeah. I mean, lose power in your house, and you can get by by lighting candles, but you lose water. It, it's amazing how quickly it's like, well, this isn't worth a crap. <laughs> so, uh, once again, I said that you know we have a group of people that listen to this podcast that are younger, and uh, if you had to give, uh, or mid mid career people, if you had to give some personal advice uh, to someone wanting to get to an executive level position in construction, what advice would you give them? Well, I think the first of all that uh, anyone needs to understand that construction is a tough business. It, it really is a tough business. Uh, and so, you know, having resilience and perseverance uh, as personal traits are, are very important. It's, it's hard work. Um, I think, you know, there are some things that <clears throat> that are I think are important to be successful. I, I think you know, and and could boil it down to probably five or six words, trust. You know, I think trust is important. Respect, you know, respect your the people you work with and the people that report to you. Humility, I think humility is extremely uh, a strong trait uh, for people. I talked earlier about teamwork. Um, 
you know, team teamwork. Uh, I think there's, I believe in the saying, there's no limit what can what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit. And teamwork is the most powerful force in construction because it's how we get projects built. Mm -hmm. Then communication, I think communication, you know, both verbal, oral, written, uh, communication, I, I think when there are problems so many times, it can be traced back to, to a lack of communication. And then having a sense of urgency. Um, you know, time time is money, time is critical, time is of the essence. And and so having a sense of urgency in this business is is important uh to, to be successful. And and then lastly in an executive level position, I, I think you need to be uh entrepreneurial. I think you, you you know you got you can't be totally risk averse. I mean Construction's a very risky business, but but I think you need to be entrepreneurial to be, you know, to reach you know the highest levels of performance. You know, you you mentioned something that we I I, I almost every single person that uh, we have had a podcast with, and and honestly that I've talked with, they always uh, uh, you know you know, touch on the fact that those soft skills are so vitally important, which is, which is contrary to what a lot of people who are younger believe. They believe it's the technical skills. Now, I'm not saying technical skills are not important. I come from the trades myself, you know, sure. but I, sure. I realized that there is a point where, you know what, um, technical skills is just, is, is not going to help you get promoted. It's going to be, um, those, those, you know, soft skills like communication. I mean, you mentioned it right there, you know, when you go to get a four year degree in construction management, you, you have like five different courses that are focused strictly just on communication. And there's a reason for that, you know? So, yeah. uh, um, but, uh, so kind of to sum it up, I, I want to go through and do kind of a flash session at the end. I'm going to, so I'm going to say a, a topic or an area in construction, and I want you to rate it from one to ten. Uh, one being the least important, and ten being the most important. And they could all be tens, you know. Um, but I kind of want to get your perception. So if you want to explain why your number is what it is, that's fine. Or you don't want to give me a number, that's fine too. So uh, with that said, uh, the first one is scheduling. Well, I think. Um on a scale of one to 10, I would give scheduling an eight, but I would, I would add to that, that there, there's to me and, and, and it depends on how you define it. But when, when I think of scheduling, I also think of the word planning and I would give planning a 10 to me, scheduling and maybe maybe scheduling when you say that is meant to be synonymous with planning. But I think planning the work uh, in this business to be success successful it certainly rates a ten. And then and then the scheduling process, I, I would you know certainly score a, a, an eight because it's important. But probably more important than scheduling is is planning. Estimating. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I think estimating is pretty darn important. Um, I would give it at least a, a nine um, because uh, a good job begins with a good, thorough estimate. And so, 
you know, if, if, if you don't, if you don't have a proper estimate and cover your cost and, and do a sloppy job estimating, it, it's a formula for disaster. So I, I really would give estimating at least a nine. Contract administration. I, I would give that an, uh, an eight. Um, again, it's very, very, very important. Very important. Um, design. I would, uh, you know, it, it probably depends. I would give it at least an eight. Um, you know, we, some of the work we do is hard bid it's design bid bills. So we don't, uh, get into the design. Uh, obviously design on a design build project is would probably score higher and be more important. But but even even on hard bid jobs, we we pride ourselves in doing a lot of value engineering based on our experience, trying to figure out way, better ways to do things. And so even there, it's it, it's important. Uh, so I would give that at least an eight. Uh, contracts. You know that's uh, that's an interesting one. Um, I would give it at least an eight. Um, we we have uh, you know and it really depends on the owner. I, I can think back in my history where we've signed some contracts that were pretty onerous. Uh, that any attorney would tell you you're out of your ever loving mind if you sign that contract. But we we were able to build the job successfully and it was a successful job just because we had a good relationship with the owner. But particularly when, when you're going to work on a sizable job for an owner that you have not worked for before, uh, it, that probably would score higher than, than an eight, but on a normal day to day, I'd score it an eight. Accounting. I think that uh, based on based on my experience, um, again, I would give that at least an eight. And a lot of people will say, "Well, accounting that just tells you the history," but you know we need to be thinking. But our, our accounting systems at Garney are very very timely. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in having detailed and timely job cost reporting, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that. Charles Garney always believed in as well. And, you know, we, we really rely on, uh, on our accounting department for good timely information. And so I I think, you know, knowing what your costs are is important and, you know, we rely on accounting for that. So I'd say at least an eight. Selling work. Well, I would, I would kind of, uh, I think having some of those skills is important. I I would give that an an eight, but I would also maybe mention something else that I would call uh, relationship building, which which I would rate a 10. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that to me goes hand in hand with selling work is building and maintaining those relationships being trustworthy, doing what you say you're going to do is how you build those relationships that makes the selling work part, uh, easier. Um, but Garney over the last few years has invested a lot 
in our uh, business development and marketing people and processes and skills. And so I think as we try to do more collaborative delivery, that becomes more and more important. Um, and the last one, but not least, leadership. I would, uh, I would score that a 10. I think that, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, not, not only at the top of the company, but, but regionally and even on specific projects, you know, having that, the crew supervisor providing good leadership, leading by example, setting a standard for excellence. So at the project level, uh, at the, the regional level and at the corporate level, strong leadership in this tough business of construction, um, it is extremely, extremely important. And, and so I, I would give that a 10. Well, that kind of sums up, uh, that, that, uh, that one to 10 scale rating, um, section we had. And, you know, I want to close it out, um, and, and give you the last word, Steve. But I, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for meeting with me today. I know you're a busy man and, uh, I appreciate you, uh, spending some time with me this morning. I think it's extremely helpful and insightful. There is no other platform out there to, to, you know, put like-minded people together in the construction industry at this level. And that's one of the reasons we had that, you know, we developed this podcast and uh, it's amazing what you can learn by just talking to people, you know, and uh, uh, I just want, and I want to thank you personally. Uh, I've had a chance to get to know you over the years. And uh, I always say, when people ask me, what do you know about Steve Ford? I said, Steve Ford has the best stories in the world. <laughs> so so and if you don't believe me go talk to him so uh, but uh, but uh but i want to give you the last word uh you know feel free to make any comments in general well i would just say you know uh just uh you know you ask about the future of garney i mean i i think that uh you know the, the and I've worked for, you know, there's a lot of people that have, have worked for Garner their entire career, and so they don't have anything to compare it to. And, and I do have a uh, couple of situations to compare it to, and I, I think it's just a great company, great industry, great culture. You know, our financial financially we're strong. Our reputation is strong. We, we have great people, strong culture, and we have great relationships and a great reputation. And I, I think those, you know, those are not unique to Garney. There, there are certainly other companies that have the same attributes. But, but I think that, uh, you know, taking a long when you're when you're in this business, don't think short term. Uh, think long term. Uh, you know, what if somebody looks back twenty years and and looks at a decision you make, um, how will that decision be viewed? So always keep a long term view. We're all in this for the long term short-term success and so I think that's important for everybody in this business to keep in mind and, and I appreciate you uh, inviting me to to participate not sure whether I offered anything insightful but uh, it's been enjoyable thank you well thank you again Steve and uh, that's that that's it for this week's podcast we'll be back next week with another construction executive